Today, I'm gonna go over 12 diet and workout myths that you still believe in. By continuing to follow these outdated myths and this old school advice, you're definitely slowing down your progress and just making the fat loss process harder on yourself. Let's jump right in with myth number one. You have to have a low carb diet to burn fat and lose weight. Even though low carb diets definitely work as far as fat loss is concerned, there are plenty of other methods to get you to burn fat. The reason why low carb diets are so popular is because usually people are very impressed by the quick results that they experience in the very beginning of low carb dieting. I have to admit that you're probably not going to lose as much weight, not body fat, but as much weight in the beginning of any other diet plan. Carbohydrates are called carbohydrates because they cause your body to hold a lot of water. So when you cut carbs, you're going to drop a lot of water weight fast. This makes a lot of people feel good about the diet because they immediately notice pounds coming off the scale and their whole body will become less puffy because of less water retention. The problem with low carb dieting is that a lot of people complain about a lack of energy and even feeling sick when they cut carbs too low. The cool thing is, like I said, it's a myth that you can only cut fat with low carb dieting. Low fat, low carb, and even low protein diets can all cut fat. Also, you could burn fat while including all three macronutrients carbs, protein, and fat in one diet plan. You may not experience the rapid weight loss that you experience from all the water weight that you're gonna lose while doing a really low carb diet, but the fat loss should even out over time. Protein, fat, and carbs are all insulinogenic. Carbs are the most insulinogenic out of the three. However, I've experimented with low fat diets and with low protein diets, and given the same amount of time, I experienced very similar results to low carb dieting. So there are many different ways you can do this. The next myth is to not eat past 6 p.m. or past a certain time that's late at night. It doesn't matter what time you eat your food. You can literally have one giant meal per day in the middle of the night and you could still be burning fat. You just have to maintain an overall calorie deficit for the whole day, the whole week, and the whole month that you're trying to cut. When you eat past six, you won't store any extra fat because you ate closer to your bedtime. This brings me right into my next nutritional myth, and that goes hand in hand with this one. And that's the idea that you have to eat small meals more frequently throughout the day to fuel your metabolism to burn more fat. Once again, this is not true. It doesn't matter whether you eat one meal a day or six meals a day for the purposes of burning fat. When you eat six meals a day, your insulin levels stay pretty stable throughout the day. So as long as you're eating clean food and maintaining a calorie deficit, you should be burning fat. When you only eat one meal a day, your insulin levels are really low until you have that meal. Keeping insulin levels low is very beneficial for fat loss. Also, because you're only having one meal or let's say two meals for the whole day, it's pretty easy to stay under your total allotted calories for the day. Both methods work for fat loss. To gain muscle, you need to eat in a calorie surplus. So you may want to incorporate more meals because it's going to be harder to eat the amount of food that you have to eat to gain muscle in just one sitting. The next myth is an exercise related myth that a lot of beginners have and that's if you spend more time at the gym, you're going to get more results. This is actually not true. You're way better off doing a much more intense workout for a shorter duration than doing an easy workout for a really long duration. A lot of people come to the gym and they'll spend two hours there and not accomplish much of anything at all. If you come in, spin your feet on the bike, you do a couple chest presses with some 10 pound dumbbells, move from one machine to the next, and then two hours later leave without ever really challenging yourself, you're wasting your time. In order to grow, you're gonna have to challenge yourself. You should be struggling during your workouts and 
When you struggle during your workout and push yourself outside of your comfort zone, the longest you should be working out is an hour. An hour, however, is not the length of time that all your workouts have to be. For example, with a very high intensity workout, all you need sometimes is just 15 minutes. Length of time spent at the gym does not equal more results. Focus more on how much total work you're putting in. Another exercise myth is this idea of the existence of the anabolic window. This is an idea where the second you finish your workout, you have to get your protein shaken right away because if you don't, you missed the anabolic window, which is pretty much a very short window after your workout that you have to have a shake or else you won't get the gains. This is a complete myth, guys. For over a year, I would exercise in the morning and then I wouldn't have my first meal until like 10 o'clock at night. Even though this may be a little extreme, at no point did I lose my gains or did I stop making progress because I didn't have protein directly after my workout. If you don't have a meal or a protein shake for two hours after your workout, I promise you're gonna be fine. Another protein related myth is that you can only absorb a certain amount of protein right around 30 grams per meal. Again, this is completely untrue, just based on logic alone. When we were hunters and gatherers, we didn't have the option of meal prepping and breaking apart meals into five to six small meals a day to ensure that we absorbed all of our protein. When a hunt was successful, since there was no refrigeration, that food would be eaten right away, and then that could be followed by a fast for days without another hunt, without protein. So our bodies evolved to switch between fasting and consuming a lot of protein at once. If you have 70 grams of protein in one meal, your body should absorb it the same way as if you divided that 70 grams over three meals. Next, we have the myth that most of you probably already know is a myth, but I just wanna make sure. And that myth is that fat makes you fat. This was super popular in the 70s, the 80s, and way up to the 90s. During this time frame, all the high fat foods were replaced by high carb, especially high sugar options at the grocery store. So for example, instead of having a high fat yogurt, you would have fat free yogurt loaded with sugar. This wound up causing more weight gain than when we had the full fat products available. Fat will not make you fat. In fact, fat is very necessary for the body and for all of its hormonal functions, your joints as well, and much more. No one macronutrient is gonna make you fat, not even the dreaded carbs. This is another myth. You don't have to cut out food groups to burn fat. When we look at fat loss, we have to look from the standpoint of totals, not just eliminating certain macronutrients or certain food groups, especially when you plan a long-term diet plan. It's one thing to cut some carbs for a short amount of time to get ready for beach season, let's say. However, you're probably gonna want some form of carbohydrates at some point in your life again. So for long-term dieting, you always wanna plan a flexible diet plan that allows you to have all your favorite foods with minimal restrictions. Next, we have the idea that it's inevitable that you're gonna gain weight as you get older. This goes hand in hand with the theory that it's harder to burn fat when you're older. While this may be true for some people, it's only because of what they've done up to that point. For example, if you don't exercise at all until you're 65 and then you try to start exercising, yeah, you're gonna be at a very big disadvantage. After the age of 25 on average, Americans will start losing muscle mass as part of the aging process. The amount of muscle mass you lose is almost entirely in your hands. If you keep up with a solid weight training program, your muscle mass and your metabolism should not change all that much. Also, if you already lost the muscle mass from not doing any kind of weight training, you can build that muscle back up. 
So my point is that if you stay active and continue doing weight training throughout your 20s, your 30s and so on, you shouldn't have that tough of a time staying lean as you age. Stop thinking of fitness as a temporary solution. It's a lifelong commitment. That's how you get the best results because that will keep you consistent. The next all too popular myth has to do with the idea that you need to feel sore in order to have an effective workout. Soreness does not determine whether you had an effective workout or not. Soreness is usually caused by doing something new, like a new exercise or changing up your whole workout routine. To date, there's a lack of scientific evidence demonstrating that soreness translates to better results. Focus on challenging yourself during the workout and stop focusing on whether you're sore or not the next day. Another myth is related to what I was saying earlier about diet foods springing up in the 80s and the 90s. Many people are under the impression that low fat or low carb diet foods are ideal for fat loss. The truth is that when they replace carbs, they usually load up the product with fats and the same thing vice versa. And that's not even mentioning artificial sweeteners that reinforce food addictions and make you crave sweets even more. Stick to real food sources, not fat diet food sources. The last and the final myth is one that I see people messing up on all the time, and that's stretching before you work out. Even though stretching isn't necessarily tied to fat loss, whether you do it or not, we've been told to stretch before working out since we were little kids. But unfortunately, the scientific evidence shows that stretching before a workout can actually increase your risk of injury. You're much better off warming up before your workout and then stretching at the end of your workout when your muscles are ready to relax. That's it guys, I really hope this video has helped you out. If you enjoyed this video, make sure you subscribe to this channel and also visit my website, gravitytransformation.com, where you can get much more than just another workout and diet plan.